Blog Talk Radio. Go ahead, pop off, me and my click put on. I'm like a young McMahon, I'm here to get your bitch off. Like I'm Rick Flair, little finger to the big ball. Man, AKA police, get them over your head like it's all. Kill these niggas, that's no problem. Kill these niggas, want no problem. That chopper body like horn swaggle. Can't see you shot them like Tim Cobb. Roll about, but that shit loud. It ain't mine if that shit not. Ladies hate when I rip rude, but they in love with this Jake Bob. Like now, say hello to my Python. I'm seeing punk with that mic, y'all. She go to sleep cause my pipe bomb. Winning, bless that be hurting feelings. Niggas is Curtis Axe, so my rappers like Kurt Hennig. And it, don't it? I'm such a charmer. Come crown it. Not talking whip, I'm thinking Lawler. Cause I'm royalty, but we talking cars, it's not a problem. Just bought two big bodies, call them Kamala and Umaga. What up? You're talking to the black guy. My gang real, but I ain't never been no vampire. Look at all that icy got on. Bigger than that icy title. Bigger than my bill, man, cause I still feel like I'm flying Brian. Who high as I am? Who fly as I am? Life is a bitch, but you this bitch is more than life in China. Get it? Strong ass hoe. They can say they want that smoke. Well, I'm Papa Shango. Cause I'll be hopper playing low. Get the ganja, no steamboat. And I'm fly as a cross. Body, but I'm tired of saying so. So I do so with new producers and a slew of my latest verses. Oh, and a ruthless like roots of move or be through with you niggas first. Get back to work. You're talking to the bad guy. Yeah, Chico, you're talking to the. Yeah, Chico, you're talking to the bad guy. I'm too sweet. I dare you niggas act fly. Yeah, Chico, you're talking to the bad guy. Yeah, Chico. Yeah, Chico. Hey y'all, something happened to me, something happened to you, okay? Hey y'all, don't look like no Daniel B where they seeing me as a goat, look. Hey everybody, welcome to Running the Ropes, brought to you by No Holds Bar Wrestling. This is Coach Crixis. Um First, before we get started, we appreciate all feedback, incoming calls and comments. Please join in on discussion. You can call in at 347-215-8558. Um, a lot going on, so we're going to get all of the big time wrestling news out of the way first before we can actually uh, move on with our normal daily show. Uh, we'll get started with, uh, it has been announced earlier this week, I mean, excuse me, late last week, that Lucha Underground is making big moves. Lucha Underground has announced that they will now be on, uh, be showing seasons one and two on Netflix um, sometime during the spring season. Um you know, so that is that is very huge for them. It's one more outlet to get the show going. I mean, it's just more and more people that can tune into the show. A lot of people have Netflix. I'm not sure how uh I'm not sure um sorry, Netflix in March to be exact. I'm not sure how many people will be actually looking for Lucha Underground to where they can reach new fans, but also, you got to think of how many people don't have the El Rey channel 
or how many people have a hard time keeping up with the LRA channel, or even those that um, have caught on late uh, to Lucha Underground, they've been exposed a little later to the show or to the company, to the brand, to the superstars, all of that. So it, a lot of good coming, a lot of good will come out of this Lucha Underground deal. And me personally, being a huge Lucha Underground fan, not only that, being a huge fan of wrestling in general, um, I'm just so excited that there's one more outlet, uh, one more way for me as a fan to expose others to it, you know, especially since we have this drought uh, in between now and season uh, until the comeback. We have a huge drought, so it's a good way to catch up on all the storylines, especially for someone, like I said, who's never watched Lucha Underground. They can um, go back, watch previous seasons, previous episodes, see how the storylines build up, see how, you know, the rivalry, see the character development, all of that. Um, You know, even though I love Lucha Underground, we know going back, there are certain things that make sense and certain things that don't make sense, but in the end, it doesn't matter. When it comes down to the matches and the wrestling, the style, it's Lucha Underground is is in its own. It has its own. Um, it's its own thing, pretty much, from how they present the backstage storylines, how they present everything as far as the interactions backstage. The promos that they cut, which, you know, technically aren't promos, but, you know, they're still doing enough to where the backstage storylines are building up. Um, Also, it has been announced um, that Shaq versus Big Show will not happen. Uh, Big Show says it's not his fault. Shaq had called off the match, apparently. It's just... That's just one of those things that we were looking forward to because, I mean, who wouldn't want to see Shaq wrestle? But also, it's like, as it got closer to Mania with zero build-up to it, you knew something either really good or really bad was going to happen. And me personally, I think, uh, as much as I love Big Show, and I know he's coming to a close and, you know, closer towards the end of his career, uh, it's not good for him, but... You know, it'll be one of those matches that a lot of people aren't going to be excited uh, to, you know, they won't be going crazy now that it's canceled. Now, to the big news of um, the past past 24 hours, for some reason, I am truly convinced that TNA – loves to dig itself into a deeper hole to not get out. It has been announced that the Hardys will not resign with TNA. The Hardys are leaving TNA. Now, this is very, very brutal. They lose. They let AJ Styles go. He went to New Japan, became the biggest star in the in the in the world. Um, you know, he, he was a huge star. They let Samoa Joe go. They let Bobby Roode. They let all. I mean, it's with uh, excuse me, um, Eric Young. I mean, a lot of big names left the company, and as soon 
as you thought this place was in a matter of time, they had a little situation with Billy Corrigan, uh, with Dixie selling the company, with everything going on, there was one thing that was con- – they actually – excuse me, they actually almost lost James Thorne, if you remember. He had that little um, one match. He had a little show up at uh, NXT. Um, I guess it was a money thing. Not sure why that deal fell through. But, I mean, it, it, what it comes down to um, is they were trying to renew their contract, and TNA wanted so much money. Matt wanted a little bit more control of the character, and there was just a lot going on. Um, toward the end, TNA just said, tell them to go back to WWE when, you know, a representative has said that, you know, people want these guys. There was one thing that you could depend on with TNA, and that was with the Broken Matt Brother Nero angle. And it just kills me for the simple fact that they just started this um, traveling the world to see to become the best tag team in the world angle, where they were able to go to different promotions. And I, as this happened, and I sat back and I watched, and it's one of those things like you can see what happens when you stick with something. A lot of us, a lot of us, not many of us were fans of Broken Matt Hardy when it first started. Not going to say fans, but we really just sat and wondered what the fuck is going on. What the hell is this all about? Uh, the contract signing, which was crazy because Jeff was lost in the sauce. Then the introduction of Vanguard 1. It's just so much has happened to where that character has grown. Um, you had the total nonstop deletion, uh, deleter decay. I mean, they have their own pay-per-view, not pay-per-view. They have their own TNA specials that revolve around these characters, and they have the compounds and all of that. And it's just, you sit and wonder, like, what in the fuck is going through their minds where they will let these guys go? So it was often brought up, um, everyone's asking, what's the next move for them? What's the next move for them? And, I, and I've read and I've asked and things like that, and I did a couple things, and I was wondering, um, you know, should t- should uh, the Broken Hardys, should they go independent? Should they go to independent scene where they can do whatever and all of that, do whatever? Or should they, you know, go back to WWE, which, you know, a lot of people are against for some reason. But as I'm actually, as I was calling in and finishing up the format for this show, it has been brought to my attention that TNA has claimed the ownership of the broken Matt Hardy gimmick. So, all right. With, I have to go back from the beginning. We've always known Jeff has always outshined Matt. And this is the one time where Jeff could not outshine Matt. This was the one time where Matt took, you know, leadership of everything, where you knew everything was built off of him. It was his idea. So I'm I'm going to, I'm going to go against the grain. Um not only do I want them to go back to WWE, I hope that they go back to WWE for the simple fact uh, that is if they keep the if they're able to keep the broken Mac gimmick. Um, yes, the indie scene will be fine and everything, but I'm 
thinking it from a looking at it from a bigger picture, the indie scene will be fine, but it'll be them and the Young Bucks chasing each other all around the world. Now, before they go to WWE, I would love to see the Broken Hardys versus the Young Bucks. That would be an awesome match. They still have that match set for, uh, I believe it's April. I'm not sure how much that's going to change with uh, them leaving TNA. Not sure how much that's going to change in case they sign with a new company. Um, you, you just have to wonder how much is going to happen from this. And this is why I bring up the WWE. Um, the tag team division is good, but it's not great. It's better than it's it's better than it was a couple years ago. I'll give that. Um, you have a lot more now. You have more natural tag teams, guys. You know, not, instead of just guys that are put together, you have those natural tag teams, or guys that have grown to be natural tag teams. And uh, the reason why I would love to see it is, you know, everyone brings up, you know, Vince will want his hand and everything. Vince, they're going to try to control them, et cetera, et cetera. Me personally, um. The Broken Hardys thing, that is actually right up WWE's alley. We all know um, it's very family-friendly. We all know they do like to take crazy ideas and run with them. Now, yes, they are a little bit more wrestling-based as opposed to, you know, all the crazy gimmicks and all that mess that they used to pull back in the day. But with... Um, the merchandise that can come from this, I mean, I I don't really see too much merchandise from TNA, and it's going to be a lot harder to produce show merchandise and sell that when you're on the indie scene. Like, yes, these guys have a huge name, and people will pay to come see them, but I could, it, it, as crazy as it sounds now, I could see WWE somehow selling, uh, quote, air quote, Vanguard 1 air drums. I I could really see that we could get that um, Wyatt, you know, compound, even though the Wyatts are broken up and all of that. There's always room for, you know, a possibility of them getting back together. But as we have all of this going on, I just think about the tag team division. And, you know, WWE is the top company in the world, and they are on this quest to be the best tag team of the seven deities, as Broken Matt likes to say it. How awesome would it be? This is what really made me want to want them to try their hand at WWE. How awesome would it be if these guys weren't signed to either brand? I mean, just imagine Broken Matt and Brother Nero going back and forth. Now, I know the traveling would be hectic with SmackDown being live now. I'm not sure how that will work out. I'm not sure how that, how much that would train them. But just imagine them going back and forth, being, you know, just WWE talent. I think as much as the characters develop, I'm not sure how the fans are going to take it because you still have to wonder, yes, guys like us watching that, but you have to think of the, I hate saying this word, the casual wrestling fans who only watch WWE, how much do they know about Broken Matt and everything going on as far as that character um, and Brother Nero, the backstories, the whole point of why he talks talks like that. Um, 
uh, you know, everyone from uh, from his father-in-law to his wife to his son being involved, everything that that came from that, how could it transfer to WWE? But in the end, it would it wouldn't be hard because. I mean, it would be hard for them because they don't want to mention TNA, which actually makes TNA seem like a better promotion than it really is. Um, but just the way Vince and his writers, like, this is the type of stuff they would love to have fun with. Us as wrestling fans, it had to grow on us. And, you know, there would still be some that are, you know, that would be, oh, they just bit TNA's ideas and things like that. Well, that's what comes with the character. Um if they go to, no matter where they go, it's going to be somebody's going to be biting their character. Um, somebody's going to be biting what TNA had created, even though we know it was Matt Hardy doing most of the, you know, most of making us care about the company again in the first place. Uh, which leads me to wonder, with Jeff Jarrett being back and everything, and TNA is sort of, I guess you could say, in this rebuilding phase, um... I, you got a question like, where where is their head? What are they planning on doing next? Because um, also, not to mention, Drew Galloway has also uh, decided that he would not be re-signing with TNA. So with Drew Galloway, so in, in the in the past year or so, um, TNA has lost some Samoa Joe. They've lost. Um, Broken Matt Hardy, Brother Nero, Ed, uh, Bobby Roode, Eric Young. They almost lost James Storm, as I mentioned before. And now Drew Galloway, who's actually went there and turned himself around from that joke of a group he was with with Three Man Man. You know, me personally, I like Drew Galloway, and I thought he was talented. Sometimes you got to go away to show off which you know what the other place was missing out on. And... Uh, I just wonder, like, where where's their head in this whole process, and what do they plan on doing? What's their next move? And it's it's just crazy how all of this is just coming together, and I think it's at a really bad time with WWE heating up. Um, Ring of Honor is actually cooling off. They're losing talent. They're losing commentators. So it's just you got to wonder, like, what's next for these guys? So. I will still do what I can to support TNA. Um, still, you know, one more wrestling promotion that is still going. But you just got to wonder, like, what is that company going to be like without Broken Matt? Um, so that that is our TNA talk for the day. Moving forward, we're going to get to our um, Raw SmackDown breakdown before we go into a couple things. This Raw... Alright, a lot of people are wondering what is SmackDown and Raw doing comparable. Every week we had the comparison, which week was better, which one did you like more, etc., etc. And you wonder why SmackDown seems so awesome and Raw has its dry spots. And I think about the dreaded third hour. In the first hour of Raw this past Monday, in the first hour there were two matches. 60 minutes, two matches, and one of them was actually uh, the New Day versus, excuse me, um, 
she's had a oh New Day versus Rusev and Mahal. After uh, the New Day announced that they'll be hosting WrestleMania, they continue to talk about the ice cream bars and all of this. But I'm just wondering, like, I, I get Raw is the flagship show, as they like to call it, the main show. They have the ratings. They Raw beats out a lot of shows. Like a lot of people talk about how popular wrestling is. On Monday, Raw is very Raw is still popular, and USA would not keep them on for three hours if they weren't getting something back from it. So you have to wonder how much that plays into effect. But you know they have to think about their fans and how much vaccine segments and all of that. Um, and the second match of the hour was Naomi Dar and Alicia Fox versus Akira Tozawa. Okay, me personally, she's not the best, but Alicia Fox is talented. She can wrestle. She, she, you know, probably not great on a promo. She has the whole wild, crazy thing. Can we get her out of this valley role? I believe Naomi Dar is a heel, and Alicia's blowing kisses and smacking Sam's hands, and Alicia's just not a very good valet. Uh, when I think about, you know, I, me personally, once again, I don't think Alicia Fox is ugly, but when you think about the women heel managers or you think about just valets in general, like the Miss Elizabeths or Marlena's and Stacey Keebler and these guys, they had a certain aura to them to where the guys that they were facing with, just with one little thing, they can take the focus off of their opponent and focus on the women on the outside. And to my understanding, a valet is supposed to help get certain guys over. And Naomi Dar is still losing. Alicia Keys is not pulling the boot. She's not tripping the wrestlers. She's not causing distractions. And you got to wonder, when is she going to just get out of that role? I'm not sure why she's in it, but the longer it goes on, it's like she she has to find something, but um, as I'm watching this match and I'm seeing the Cure Tozawa, then we had the tag team match with uh, Neville and Knees with Gallagher and and um, excuse me, sorry, uh, Rich Swan and all that. Everything happening, and I'm just thinking of how much this division is shaping up. I'm not sure what the company saw and. T.J. Perkins, um, not to mention another TNA guy, a former TNA guy. Um, I'm not sure what they saw in Perkins. I'm not sure if it's because they couldn't sign Zack Sabre or they couldn't sign um, Kota Ibushi. But you got to wonder, what was it to where they made him the first WWE Cruiserweight champion? Um, the reason why I say that, I don't count the, the Cruiserweight that they started after the you know, light heavyweight and all that. The first WWE Cruiserweight champion. You have to, what was it in that? Because me personally, I'm, as a, in the ring, yes, he can work. All of the Cruiserweights are fine, but TJ Perkins' personality is, nah. It's, there isn't much excitement to him, like, as far as the backstage. If you remember his feud with Kendrick, Kendrick carried a lot of that to where, Towards the end, more people wanted to see Brian Kendrick, the Brian Kendrick, sorry, the Brian Kendrick win the title. But 
I, as the division is shaping up, you got Gallagher who finally came up, Akira Tozawa who's actually getting over. Um, I wonder how the language barrier is going to work out for him. Grand Metalik, who is actually in the finals, has still yet to show up, but I hear he's on the way. And then with Neville's return, um, Neville's return to that division made it legitimate and made the division worth paying attention to. Um, Hemi coming back as a heel always helps. Coming back with a heel or a face change uh, usually helps, especially for a guy like Neville who... People felt they weren't doing anything with, you know, when you have those situations, just turn them heel. Anytime you're not doing anything with someone and they're a good guy, turn them heel. It'll make people care about them. That's like a proven formula. I mean, our truth was main eventing pay-per-views because he turned heel. Just think about that. Talking to an invisible child, yes, it got to the point where it got crazy, but our truth turned heel and made people care about him. And Neville was able to do that. Now, if you're already a heel and people don't care about you, then you're just stuck. But, I, I mean, I I don't know what to do at that point. But if you are a face and you want people to care about you, go heel. I mean, that's just easy. Um, one, oh, there's one more. Uh, one more I forgot to add at my introduction. It has been announced that Beth Phoenix will be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Okay. Is this, um, not to me, not a sensitive subject at all. But the big talk is a lot of people feel it's too early. A lot of people feel that China should have got the head nod instead. Me, personally, I think uh, Victoria would have been great. Um but as far as China, they're, they're, a lot of people are bringing up China. China, should, it should be China. It should have been China. It should have been China. Yes, China did pass away last year. But also, we have to remember how soon it was for China. Also, her having to reestablish her legacy on a good note. I mean... We 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 got to be real. Like, yes, China did die this past year, but does that mean she automatically goes in this year? I'm, I mean, even uh, I mean, a few people after they died have had bad stints with the company. They still they've still had to wait. And with you know all the issues, all the personal issues, China died from. Not to mention how she died, everything, her backstory, and not to mention her adult industry career. I still feel that it's kind of too early to throw China in there. And, yeah, I mean, you got to understand, when she was alive, Triple H didn't even have an answer, a straight answer on if she would be able to go in. Her passing away, I don't think it would change it that quickly. Um, I think there there are three women that I am waiting for to get in. Um, actually four I'll throw a bonus in there, but you have China, Victoria, for some Victoria was just so brutal, like she was you legit thought Victoria was crazy. I know me personally I did thought Victoria Victoria was legit crazy. Then you have one I'm gonna throw out there that obviously can't happen right now because of TNA but Gil Kim. 
Gil Kim was she was awesome. And my bonus, you know, of course you have every now and then they throw in a manager or a valet, um, Marlena. The thing about Marlena, like, yes, she only managed Gold Dust, but what she did and what she added to that character helped make him more bizarre than he was for the simple fact that that was her husband, but she went with all the crazy stuff. So it made people wonder, like, what in the hell are these people into? So um, congratulations to Beth Phoenix. It is well-deserved, whether you got it now or a couple years. Beth Phoenix was going to get in. You're crazy if you thought Beth Phoenix was not going to get in. Um, and who knows how they do the voting. Maybe Beth Phoenix was you know, already lined up before China had passed away. That's something we also want to think about. Um, throughout the night of Raw, there were CM Punk chants going on. I'm just going to be quick about this, but a lot of people are starting to blame The Rock for that with the whole phone call to CM Punk and all of that. And it gave you guys, not me, gave you guys false hopes that somehow a Punk return, Punk return imminent, is that the running joke? I would love to see Punk come back to WWE more than more now than ever. Um, you know, with everyone that's coming there that he would love to have matches with. But looking at the type of person that I, I'm not going to say I know, but from the vibe that he feels, Punk would be the, seems like he would be the type that wouldn't come back because he said he wouldn't come back. So you have to wonder what's next for him. Um, just a little chip in. Uh, you know, he actually had a little thing. Uh, he said something to Samoa Joe, which I'm actually going to bring up, about Samoa Joe coming in once he leaves, and we all know how that went when those guys were there. Um, and that leads me to Samoa Joe. This guy, with the, from the first night he came in, he made a statement. I mean... He made a statement by attacking Rollins, who was going to give us that run-in with that everyone's been waiting for, Rollins versus Triple H, Rollins versus Triple H. And Samoa Joe just ruined that. He just crushed everyone's hopes and dreams to the point, like, by the time he realized it was Samoa Joe, like, you had to get re, you had to get re, you had to remark out, I guess. Like, you just knew Seth Rollins got attacked when he saw Samoa Joe's, like, oh, then it was, oh, it flipped that quick. It, it was just, you know, and I'm thinking about how Samoa Joe's return is bringing back a lot of old rivalries or feuds that a lot of people, not you know, that many people may not have seen, may not have watched if they didn't watch Ring of Honor in its early days or if they didn't watch TNA. Um, you had matches with, you know, they already did this match with him and Cesaro which was awesome. Then you have AJ Styles. Then we got the guys coming up uh, with Eric Young and Bobby Roode, guys that he's gone with in TNA and guys he's gone across in the Indies. And it, it's just awesome how just switching companies can put something on display that's been on display but a lot of people don't know about. And I love how they are actually, you know, with the Cesaro segment, Samoa Joe, how they actually – had a little trip down memory lane, if you, if so to say, where they're actually mentioning these things, how these guys have faced each other before. They, they won't say the promotions, but they are mentioning that these guys have had run-ins. 
these guys have had their, you know, everything that they've had in the past. So it, it's awesome that Samoa Joe being moved up to the main roster just adds a whole new element to the company. You have to wonder um, what's what's going to be his plans. Like, we know he's going to be with Sami Zayn. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it, it's just it's just so many opportunities and so many, you know, there's so much room for so many storylines, so many new rivalries to where, yes, the reality era was started three years ago with the Daniel Bryan, but it's actually becoming a reality. You used to have those what ifs. What if this person faced that person? What if these guys faced that guy? With all of these signings WWE is having, it's, Really starting to is there are no more what ifs. There are more becoming wins. When will this happen? When will that happen? And and that is that is just awesome for the company. Of course, as fans, we would still find a reason to complain, but we're getting a lot less to complain about. Um, and it, it's just yeah, you just have to. It just makes you. It just gets you excited as far as the future and everything that's going to happen with the company. Um, Goldberg and Kevin Owens opened the show. And, man, I would... As good as Kevin's Kevin Owens is on the mic, as great as he is in the ring, I really, really hope that they don't give us a minute 26 we know Goldberg. Everyone knows Goldberg's not a great wrestler. I will find. I would be very surprised if Goldberg could keep up with Kevin Owens, and you know by, you know, quote unquote, the business the business being exposed. Everyone knows Goldberg can't really wrestle, which was why WCW built him the way they did. But for what he's done for the company since he's been there. It would be pretty messed up for Kevin Owens to go down the way Brock did. Now that's gonna say a lot about Brock if he can if Goldberg can squash Brock two times, why wouldn't he be able to squash Kevin Owens? So it's one of those things where it's like, Yeah, but you know, it's one of those yeah but and I would just hope that you know, I my 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 biggest hope is that somehow Jericho costs will cost him the match, so that way, you know, I as a fan can blame it on something else besides, you know, him just getting squashed. Like, oh, he got squashed because Jericho. I, I just hope he at least gets that respect from the company. And as I watch this Goldberg promo, and I watch the back and forth with him, he and Brock, I mean, he and Kevin Owens, I just think of how he's been short and sweet. One-liners. One-liners. Not talking about Jack and the Beanstalk or all these crazy stories, and and I think about how how they should have done Roman Reigns. Keep it short and sweet. You know he's not a promo guy. You know he has gotten better. He's gotten way better than you know before. But you still got to keep all of that in mind of how they can do that with this one, but not that one. Um, as as, as speaking of Roman Reigns. The Braun Strowman feud with Roman Reigns. This has possibly been one of the uh, 
not the best, but this is a great feud for Reigns because you have run across someone who actually was able to make him look human. Um, you know, with the whole, we all know Roman's going to be a, a huge star in the Federation. He's already a big star. He's a top guy in the company. So with Braun being the monster that he is, one, the way they book Braun has been awesome. He's going to be the next big thing, uh, you know, no pun intended towards Brock, but the way they've actually made you care about Braun Strowman, they made you care about what he's doing. When he comes out, um, you 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 you're you're wondering what he's gonna do, what is he gonna destroy? Because that guy's just been tearing everything up in his path, everything up in his path, and it's just it's just awesome how they have taken a guy that was squashing people, trying to get a challenge, and his first quote-unquote challenge was Sami Zayn. And now he's, you know, a couple steps away, probably second to last, maybe third to last match before the main event. You had that little potty break match in between the bathroom. So um, with Braun Strowman, just, I mean, dude is just tearing it up, and I want to see how that match is actually going to go because um, I think about a lot of Roman Reigns' uh, great matches that he's had and who he's been in there with. And, you know, him him and his matches with AJ Styles, when Daniel Bryan put him over at Fastlane last year, and you think of how he's always done well with smaller, quicker, faster guys because you had that counter. But now he is the one that will be the David and this Goliath. So you have to see, I'm still wondering how that's going to phase out, but the way they booked this match leading up to the feud has been, has been awesome. They have, like I said, they made you care about what he's doing and what's going on with the division. I mean, not the division with him, period. Um, it's also helped Roman show what he can do. Um, it's helped him because they've taken him out of the spotlight. Um, as far as main eventing, main eventing, main eventing. So it's helped with everything as far as everyone. And once again, they have built a new star, a new star. This was not a Samoa Joe or a Nakamura who came in, um, you know, with a huge name. When Braun Strowman came out with the Wyatt, a lot of people didn't know who he was. Practically no one knew. They just knew that everyone found a picture of him with the uh, – What's his name? Adam Rose and the uh, the uh, I forgot what it was. The Rosebush people, the clan. I forgot what his uh, crew was called. Um, but the highlight of the night for me personally was the Seth Rollins return. He had an exchange with Triple H. They went back and forth, and it finally came out that Seth Rollins will be back for WrestleMania how they're going to build that up to where they could possibly feud at or, you know, wrestle at Mania with him being off TV. We have to wait. Maybe something at Fastlane will happen. Who knows? But hopefully, you know, there is some build-up to where we get that Seth Rollins versus Triple H. And hopefully, praying it is not in, like, Triple H versus Sting where Triple H comes out on top, dot, 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 again. So as far as our fast lane, um, I'll give our preview and our countdown before we move on. 
You have Gallows and Anderson versus Enzo and Cass for the uh, tag team titles. Gallows and Anderson need to keep those belts. Enzo gets exposed more and more every day. The catchphrases are slowly phasing away. They were not getting as huge of a pop as they were before. And, you know, he's becoming a little bit more hit or miss with the promos. And he is the main mic guy. We all know Cass gets a win, Enzo loses versus the other guys. So, Gallows and Anderson, not only do I want to see them win, they they have to win to to keep legitimizing those titles. Then, yeah, Sasha versus Nia Jax has been announced. They need to keep that going with Nia being dominant. They already had her first loss come from a distraction roller, but Nia, she's just too dominant. And her ring work has improved over the past couple of weeks. So it wouldn't, Sasha doesn't need a win to get over. Nia actually needs this to make people, once again, care about what she's doing. Charlotte versus Bailey, I don't think they'll end the pay-per-view streak. Um... I don't think they'll end that pay-per-view streak at fast lane. So I am prepared for Bailey to drop the title again, and hopefully Charlotte will lose that mania. Zayn versus uh, Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. I love how Sami Zayn can just be put in matches with anyone. He's that good, but they just feed him. But Joe Joe's going to win that. I don't see how that's going to tie in or lead on to anything else, which will go on to towards the end of the show. But I have Joe winning that one. Neville versus Jack Gallagher. This one I was torn in between, but I think Neville should keep that title. Constant title changes with a new belt does not help anyone, does not help the stars. And uh, with everything Neville has done with Evil Neville, which is like a little evil leprechaun, Jack Gallagher will get over. He's already over. People want to see him wrestle. And when you're good in a ring and you're entertaining, you don't need a belt, so... Um, then we have Reigns versus Braun. Good, that will be a good match. Braun and Big Show have let me, you know, has changed my perception on him. And Braun versus Reigns could actually, this is going to be crazy, even with Neville and JG and Zay and Joe. I'm calling this now. Braun versus Reigns will be the match of the night. Call me crazy. But that is my bold prediction for Fastlane. Reigns versus Braun will make people care and will be the match of the night. Then you have KO versus Goldberg. And I hope Jericho calls this KO the title so that way I don't just have to say Goldberg squash Kevin Owens. Uh, moving on, it's been announced throughout the pay-per-view. As more pay-per-views are announced, SmackDown will get the money in the bank. Um, so you have to wonder how will that tie to Raw. Will Raw somehow get a Money in the Bank match at Mania, or will it be where whoever wins the Money in the Bank can go after either title? Um, similar sort of kind of to Batista when he was on uh, when he won the Rumble, he gave the thumbs down to Triple H and Ric Flair and all that, and went after Triple H's title. I'm not sure how that's going to work out, but the Cena versus Miz. Oh man, Cena versus Miz there. Edging and edging closer towards that. Cena cut a uh, Cena has cut a brutal promo on Miz, and it, and it was hard for Miz to even come back to where Maurice stepped in. But I I like how this is going. I it would be hard for me to be a fan of 
the intergender tag match. I've, I've never really been a fan of those, even in Lucha Underground, where the guys beat the hell out of the women. I, uh, And also you got Cena and then Nikki Bella, who's a uh, female Cena. I, I just hope, you know, but hopefully Maurice coming back to the ring, hopefully they'll give her something. Miz is actually hot, more hot than people give him credit for. As far as, you know, people caring about what he's doing because like I say, he's such an asshole that people want to see him get his teeth knocked out knocked out again. Um, I forgot who knocked that tooth out before, but man, people wanna see that from him. And this business, the wrestling business, has always been built on great heels, people who you wanna see lose. Um, you know, and heels, you want People to see want the heels to lose, not the good guys like Cena Reigns. Um, now, uh, Alexa, Alexa Bliss, who, Alexa Bliss, I am now calling Alexa Bliss the Charlotte of um, SmackDown. If I'm listening to a promo and I watch her and I see how she just owns whoever she's in the ring with or on the mic against, Alexa's brutal. She, I, I mean, I know I call Charlotte the evil bitch, but when she dropped that comment about Naomi where she said she was, she did an Oscar speech, and an Oscar-like speech, and thanked Naomi for having weak or bad knees. <laughs> I try not to laugh. I love Naomi. I try not to laugh, but damn. And that's that one thing where it's a touch of reality, but you also have to wonder if it's an alien. So you actually... Stuck on the fence, like, you know, yes, that's real, and that's what we want to see. She's talking about an injury, and she's a heel, not on some, I hope she gets better so we can have a prop. No, Alexis simply put it out there. Thank you for having bad knees and how brutal she is. And it's, Alexis just, man, now in the ring, I still got Charlotte better. But Alexa on that, and then they tease a uh, Natty feud, which w- won't be bad. Which would not be bad. I'll actually like to see that. Um, then you have the Ellsworth. Next week is the announced Ellsworth and Carmella versus Cena and Nikki Bella. So they're still just, you know, cranking it up, making that feud closer towards Miz and Maurice. If somehow Ellsworth, he's already got three wins over Styles, he's had a world title win. And somehow the Miz can call Cena this match and Ellsworth can pin and beat John Cena, that would that would be golden. That would be golden. Even though Ellsworth and Carmella isn't crazy center attention, you know, not many people are going crazy for those two, but oh man. I, I would just love to see Neville I mean uh Ellsworth get a win over Cena. Just to add to the fact that he can talk about Everyone that he's beat, even though they've been fluke crazy wins. Um, and this happened midway through, but I have, to, I have, to, I had to say this. Sorry, people. Luke Harper will not be facing Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. Him and uh, him and AJ still had an awesome match. Great match. They had, you know, AJ had to beat him twice in order to actually beat him. Um, but one thing, once again, they put Luke Harper in a spot where they made people care about him. They care what he's doing. I mean, his first singles run was, 
Yes, he did win the IC title, but it wasn't much to it, which is why he needed the Wyatt family. Now he not so much. You just got to wonder if they thought about repackaging him or how they could repackage him. But there was a Let's Go Harper, Let's Go Styles chant during the match, and that was that's just awesome to see that these guys are taking their time. And not only that, because they, they, they have to take their time and build these guys up. I mean, they're giving these guys the ball, and they are running with it, and Harper has not disappointed. His, if you notice, his wife beater is actually a little bit cleaner these days. Um, so maybe they, that's a step in the right direction. Um, as far as making us care about him, as far as how repackaging him, that is something I have to sit down and think about on what I would do to repackage him. I may, I I may try to touch on that next week, depending on what happens. Um, as far as this whole match goes, I mean, as far as what happens, as far as you know, after Mania and things like that. So once you know, everyone's talked about. AJ versus Shane, and then they had uh, the idea of now it's supposed to be AJ versus Bray. Uh, I do not want to see Shane in the ring with AJ Styles. Shane is great, but I just think when he came back, he had his match with the Undertaker. He had Survivor Series. I, I didn't think I would see him in a huge role, let alone taking someone like AJ Styles out of the mix. So that actually, even though I wouldn't have mind seeing someone different in the main event, even though I knew Bray would beat Luke Harper, just to see him get that chance of what he would do with it, I'm also glad they took the safe bet on this one. It was safe until, that was until the end, and this is where everything gets messy. As Bray Wyatt is cutting a promo, he's talking to the Federation, Randy Orton pops up on the screen inside the calm, the hut house with the sister Abigail rocking chair. And in the end, he turns on Bray Wyatt without turning on him. Uh, I, we knew it was going to happen eventually. I knew they wouldn't waste a Royal, Rumble, a Royal Rumble win like that. But also, I'm like, I wish it would have been a little bit more eventful. Uh, he set the house on fire, pretty much told Bray like he's no longer running with him. And and Bray sold the hell out of it. I mean, Bray was Bray was crying, but if you look at it, it, Bray looked like he was really crying over that rocking chair and really crying over, Bray, over, over Randy Orton leaving him. And you just got to wonder, like, man, how good is this guy? I mean, He's always known for being the dominant force, and for him to break down like that, you just got to think, like, man, like, maybe acting wouldn't be bad for him. I mean, could you imagine Bray in one of those WWE, you know, flicks, like a horror flick? They had to see no evil with Kane, but just imagine Bray's character is naturally for that's where he could be just a creepy-ass dude, but with the way he broke down, it's like there's a little bit of acting in him. And to to see how far he's come and to watch that happen, it just leads you to wonder, like, will there be a triple threat for the world title at Mania? Um, you have to wait for Fastlane to see what would be the pay-per-view for Mania. I mean, what would be the main event for Mania? Because they're calling, you know, they called the winner that 
will main event WrestleMania, but we've seen during the brand split where one title will be defended in like the third match early in the show, and the main event is the main event. So I knew that Harper would, Bray would not main event Mania, but it would have been nice to see on the big stage. Um, So with everything going on, Mania is shaping up, but you still have a lot of questions that won't be answered, which is it's actually 33 days until WrestleMania. So as it gets closer, we'll do more Mania countdowns or more Mania things. We like to see favorite Mania moments or matches as we get closer. But um, since it's so early, I like to throw out five Mania wishes slash predictions. Um, you know, somehow I, w- I would like to add, you know, throw this in. So my five Mania wishes... I would like to see a cruiserweight ladder match. Let's, if they have any multi-man ladder match outside the Rumble, I would love for it to be the cruiserweight. Just imagine a ladder with Neville, a ladder with Gallagher, Cedric Alexandra, Jack. Just think of everything these guys do without a ladder and just add that to it. Now, I know these guys are small, but, man, I would just love to see a six-man ladder match for the Cruiserweight title at Mania. That is one of my wishes. Um, And I just think that would be a great way to kick off the show, to get the energy up, to get the fans out of their seat. The thing is, after I watched that ladder match last year, how it opened the show, there was nothing that could top that match. That was the best match on the show. Yes, it had some great spots and great moments for Mania, but that ladder match was it, especially if you had the simple fact Zack Ryder won. So just imagine, you know, a ladder match to open up that, and it will make turn more eyes to the division. I mean, that that would be just awesome. I would love to see Bailey leave as the winner. Um, Bailey or Nia Jax, sorry. Um, whatever they're doing, it seems like they're somehow keeping those four, Sasha, Charlotte, Bailey, and Nia Jax, they're keeping those guys together throughout this whole process um, leading up to the pay-per-view slash post-pay-per-view. I would love to see one of those guys leave Mania with the belt. I would love to see Bailey because she, you know, it'll be a feel-good moment. I mean, just imagine how many people chant Bailey or chant for her if she wins that match. That would be a huge pop. And Nia, just because she's been killing it. Then um, I would like to see Jerry K.O. or Bray somehow main event Mania. No, it won't happen, but these are my wishes. If I had a you know, a genie lamp and I had a wish, five wrestling mania wishes, that would be one of them. Jerry K.O. Bray, I mean, Goldberg vs. Brock is the ticket seller, but that doesn't mean it necessarily have to go on last, especially if you're worried that there will somehow be another WrestleMania 20 match. Don't want to see that. AJ vs. Nakamura. AJ vs. Nakamura on the big stage. I mean... We've seen with these guys at Wrestle Kingdom right before AJ left. Awesome match. Uh, easily, easily top five matches of last year. And I just think of how that will look. And it also will show the growth of them, you know, with everything they've been through. A lot of, I mean, to a lot of wrestlers, yes, they are successful. And yes, they don't need WWE. But 
if you ask any wrestler if they would like to wrestle Mania, 95% of them would probably say yes. So to get AJ Nakamura at Mania would be would be golden. It would be lovely. And my last WrestleMania wish, I actually had just one, but then after SmackDown, I had to add two names. Either Samoa Joe or Luke Harper. I would love to see one of them win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. When I look at um, Baron Corbin, how they actually, when you look at what happens when they actually use that trophy for what it should have been for, uh, Cesaro should have been the one they, you know, elevated once they made him the first one, especially he body slammed Big Show over the top rope like it was nothing. You, you thought they had something going, they were going to build that around that as far as like the next guy in line, you know, this is who we're looking at. If they didn't, then they had the big show. But then once Baron Corbin got the uh, Andre the Giant Memorial Trophy, they actually took time and made it mean something and made it mean what it's worth. So those are my five mania predictions. Um, speaking of Giants, my go watch it. Uh, if you have, um, as I mentioned before, Big Show's career is coming to an end, and I've been watching a lot of his stuff, and I watch uh, the documentary um, A Giant's Life, uh, the Big Show documentary, um, just to see everything he's gone through in his life as far as growing up, as far as, you know, everything he's had to deal with, his career, being so young, and being a giant. I mean, that's just... That right there is enough, but as his career comes to an end, I just hope he gets a proper send-off. So that is my go watch it. So we have Fastlane Sunday. We still have a couple, uh, 33 days until Mania. Uh, A lot of questions need to be answered. How will The Undertaker fit in? Um, The world title picture for SmackDown. It's just a lot going on, and... It's, you know, a couple weeks ago, this mania was looking to be, and then now it's like, oh, man, what the hell is going to happen? And that's the way it should be. Um, You know, that's just the way it is. Without it being unpredictable, it leaves you on the edge of your seats and keeps you guessing it. That's just, you know it's going to happen, but you just wonder when. Um, So that is our show. Um once again, this is Coach Crixis. Uh You can please like us on Facebook at Two Sides T S O T S Productions, Two Sides of the Story Productions. Um, go like our page. Go follow us on uh, Twitter as well. And I will catch you next week. Um, and let's just hope Fast Lane lives up to it and builds up towards Mania. But we still have a lot we need to talk about going towards the big show. But Overall, um, thank you guys for tuning in. And once again, this is Coach Crixis. No holds barred, running the ropes, signing out.